And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came unto him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Psalm 55, you don't have to turn there, but David wrote about the depths of pain that a person experiences from disappointments and sorrows of life. And we all have disappointments. We all go through sorrows of life. Verse 6 and 8 of 55 simply says, And I said, Oh, that I had wings like a dove, for then would I fly away and be at rest. Sometimes we would love to just get away and uh, have a time of rest. But then he says, Lo, then would I wander far off and remain in the wilderness. God has a time for us to pull out. God has a time for us to pull aside um, and to take a rest. People who experience pain, and I know, I know that many of you do. I, I experience it every day. I don't experience disappointment every day, but occasionally I experience disappointment um, and yearn to be comforted um, because of it. You see, our society, that, which we live in today, uh, spends much money, time and energy, in an attempt to what they call, I just want to enjoy life. I just want to enjoy life. And so they spend and they spend and they, they use up their time and their energy, and they still are not satisfied. I, however, Jesus said simply, happy are the sad Happy are those that mourn. Blessed are those that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Now, uh, we look at four questions as we think about happy mourners, okay? The first question uh, for tonight is, how can those who mourn be happy? How could be a person that's in mourning uh, be happy? Um, what did Jesus mean when he said, blessed, blessed, comforted are those that mourn? What kind of blessedness um, and mourning is, in, um, is he talking about when he's talking about this? First of all, let's look at the general sorrow. This, this sorrow in general. Weeping, mourning um, is a part of human life. Um, we know that Jesus mourned. We know that Jesus cried. He shed tears. Um, they are acceptable and they are proper in the day in which we live. And sometimes people try to hold back those tears and they don't want to show that they are in mourning about something. But I feel like you need to share. If you're in mourning over something, share with those around about you so they can pray with you and maybe help you and I get through this mourning stage. And hey, I've heard people say, I'm sorry about crying. Don't, don't be sorry about crying. Uh, you know, if, if crying is in order, cry. It's okay. Um, I mean, did you know the ability to cry comes from God? Listen to this. If we couldn't release our anxiety and pain through tears, our emotional system, which we all have, would be poisoned if we could not shed tears. So when, when we express our sorrow and we release our pressure, a little valve must to go, be something that goes off and lets the pain out 
of our system so it doesn't poison our system, so it doesn't poison that which God's trying to work through. Uh, You know, God expects us to go through a period of mourning. He expects us to go through a period of crying. It's okay. Um, You know, I I, I feel like sometimes people hold this back because they they don't want to be embarrassed. Okay? Uh, One man told his wife one time. No, his wife told Lynn. She said, uh, he has never, ever cried until he saw Kenny crying. You know, feel for people like that. It's okay to cry. Hey, we, we have tears of joy. We have tears of sorrow. We have tears of comfort. I mean, it's okay uh, to do that. Uh, we think about David and, and the pain that he went through through his sin. And uh, what Paul said, hey, you know, look at me before I, I was saved. Uh, he had a lot to be in mourning about. And weeping about. And what about Jeremiah? I mean, all that he did for God and the king just best just say, Hey, I don't care what you're doing. We're not going to accept any of it. We're just going to tear it up and throw it away. And he was doing what God asked him to do. We know him as the weeping prophet. And uh, rightfully so. Well, let's look at, look at uh, not only the general sorrow is, is we're going to have it and we, we'll be around people who are that away. Uh, but what about the unlawful sorrow, the illicit sorrow, unfulfilled evil desires, unfulfilled evil desires. This is when a man mourns because he can't satisfy his lust. Again, he spends, he spends his money, he spends his time, he spends his energy, and yet nothing comes out of it. He can't get satisfied, he can't get settled because he's left the Lord out. The Lord's got to be first. The Bible says in Matthew six thirty three, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto us as his children. Unwillingness to let go. Sometimes we just simply can't let things go. Some people mourn excessively when they lose a loved one. Well, you know, I, I don't know that I, I've shed much tears uh, for my in-laws or my mother and daddy, because they they all were in a suffering stage. Okay, um, Mama, she had cancer. She had severe pain. Ended up in the hospice house, and they and they just kept giving her stuff so she wouldn't have pain. There was nothing joyous in it about that occasion. But when she passed, you know, I just thought, I, praise the Lord, I know where she is. She's no longer suffering. Lynn's daddy, I, I may get the order out of line, but Lynn's daddy had cancer. He had a stroke and died with a heart attack. I mean, it was a blessing uh, when God took him out of all of this because uh, after he had his uh, cancer and the treatments, I mean, he wasn't the same. And when he had his stroke, he wasn't the same. Um, my daddy had got to the point, you know, he couldn't stay by himself. He didn't drive. Um, he missed life as he uh, knew life. And uh, the night he passed, hey, I was holding him in my arms. I shed no tears. I laid him out in the bed uh, knowing that, you know, I was, he saw me in this world and I saw him out of this world. Lynn's mother, she got to the point, you could, she didn't even want to go outdoors. All she wanted to do was lay in the bed. 
I didn't shed any tears. Not that I didn't grieve. You know, I miss all of them. And we, we talk about them now. You know, hey, what would they think if they were here? And it's okay to think about those things. But, you know, life is life. And after a while, um, there's no use in us keeping on grieving. Because what we're doing, we're just punishing ourselves. You know, get on with life. Be thankful. We had the time that we had. Um, 2 Corinthians 7.10 gives us a simple definition of godly sorrow. You may not understand this verse. It's hard for me to understand, so I want to read it and read it slow. 2 Corinthians 7.10, if you're writing. For godly sorrow worketh repentance. Godly sorrow. Okay, I mean being terribly sorrow. Sorry for what we have done uh, against uh, for sin. Uh, it says, to salvation not to be repented of. Then he says, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. Bible says sin, when it's finished, brings forth death. The world is out to get us, okay? Now, for God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Satan does not like that verse. So he takes his part of the world and tries to, to wreck our part of the world. Um, remember, last week uh, we talked about we need to realize that we are, are, are beggars, okay? What does a beggar have? Nothing. Nothing. So they come begging. You and I have nothing to bring to the table except begging the Lord to forgive us of our sins and to get us on the right path. Isaiah said, woe is me. And this is what he said, I am undone. I feel that way sometimes. I am undone with the Lord. And he says, I'm a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. How in the world could you, can you set an example if you uh, around people like that all the time? Uh, we recently was invited to a birthday party to uh, people who I know are lost because I've talked to them. But they invited us to this party. And Lynn and I talked about it. She said, do you know they'll be drinking? I said, well, I'm sure they will. Because they said, uh, you know, what can we bring? I asked, what can we bring? They said, just bring what you want to drink. Well, we did. I took a strong Mountain Dew. I mean, a big, tall one. And uh, we mixed and we mingled with the people because I told Lynn, I said, we need to go. We don't have to partake like they will be doing, but we need to go. And really, I mean, I had a good time. And uh, some of those people, hey, as far as church goes, it's the furthest thing from their minds. But right before we left, it was an interesting conversation. My daughter-in-law was joking with me. She said, we're not coming to your church in the morning. I said, good. And the lady next to her says, oh, you pastor a church. Where? I told him. And uh, one of the other ladies said, oh, I know where that is. I go past there. And so then our, my daughter-in-law says, hey, y'all can come. She said, well, how do they dress? Well, the lady had on blue jeans, 
socks with flip-flops and a t-shirt. I said, what you got on is just right. You kidding? I said, no, it's just right. Well, do you have the big screen? I said, yeah, we have screens. No matter where you sit, you can see. Well, what about the music? I told her about the music. I said, hey, we would be glad to have you. They said, we just might come. What if we hadn't a went? Okay. Oh, I feel for the people. I have witnessed to some of them, uh, you know, and they know where I stand. They also know I care. Had we not a gone, well, they have, would have probably had an opinion of us. See, godly sorrow, listen, godly sorrow involves deep internal agony. You don't have to turn, but Psalm 32, you'll probably remember this. Psalm 32. David is uh, speaking. As soon as I find it, I'll help you. Psalm 32, 3. When I kept silence, my bones became old through my roaring all day long. He hadn't confessed. He was bottling it up. For day and night, the hand was heavy upon me. God's hand was heavy upon him. That, to me, that's conviction in this world today. When God's hand is heavy upon you, it's conviction. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer. In other words, they're so dry, they're cracking open. I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hidden. I said, I, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. If we confess, God stands ready to forgive us. The result is peace and contentment. Now, I don't know about you. I can't say about you. I know when I'm being convicted. I mean, it's a bad, rotten, low-down, sorry feeling. And I'm thinking, I know where I have sinned. And I need to confess that sin. And hey, it don't get any better until you do. Hello? Are you been there? Uh, don't say I hadn't sinned because you know what? That make God a liar. <laughs> uh, but the result is peace and contentment. You remember the prodigal son? Hey, he had peace and contentment till he realized, hey, I'm sick and tired of this, this home life. Man, I want what's mine. He went, he requested, he received, he went, he wasted. And then he said, I know what I will do. And I asked myself, do you know, do I know what I will do? He said, I'm going to go home. I'll just become one of my father's servants, hired servants. I mean, hey. And so he did, and his father received him and forgave him. And I read, I read this somewhere, from Hogmire to Heavenly Mansion. <laughs> I mean, that's where he went. He left the, the slop of the hogs uh, back to his daddy's mansion. Okay, a second point uh, as we look at the, uh, the beatitude here. What is the result of mourning over sin? What's the result? 1 John 1, 9, very simple. If we confess our sin, He, that is God, if we confess our sin, He will forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Now that verse is to Christians. It's not to the lost crowd. Say, so how do you know? If I confess my sins, S-I-N-S, okay, the lost person is guilty of what? 
sin. One sin. And that's disbelief. Not accepting. That's one sin, okay? He could be the worst sinner there is, but he's guilty of that one sin, not accepting Christ. You and I who have been saved, we are guilty of S-I-N-S, okay? If I confess my sins, he's faithful and just to forgive me of my sins and to cleanse me of all my rottenness, all the thoughts and everything. And if we express our sorrow over sin, we're going to receive comfort. And then when we do, mourners are blessed. We're not blessed because we're mourners. We're blessed because we are comforted by confessing and believing and living for. Paul called God the God of all comfort. That's what he called him. And when we confess our sins daily before the Lord, we're going to receive comfort and peace. Peace, you can't explain it. It just passes all understanding. Thirdly, how can I become a mourner if I'm not? Well, we need to recognize the hindrances that keeps us from being a mourner. We must eliminate the hindrances that keep us from recognizing the sin that's in our own life. Now, the devil will see to that um, that we don't confess it. Uh, Matthew 7, 5 uh, says, you know, there, there's not a whole lot we can do about the the beam in somebody else's eye that we get the moat out of our eye. I think one translation says, you know, a, a post versus a splinter. We need to make sure that our sins are confessed and that we're following the Lord, be an example for others to follow. Love of sin. The Bible talks about its pleasure for a season. Just a season. Secondly there, when we talk about becoming more despair, we might say, God can't forgive me for what all I've done. I've heard people tell me that. You just don't know how I've lived. God can't forgive me. I say, yes, he can. He can forgive you of everything. All you've got to do is confess and acknowledge that you're a sinner. And he's promised to forgive you. Conceit? Hey, I'm not as bad as some folk. You know, I do go to church. You know, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm a cut above them at least. Well, I don't know. Just because we go to church don't mean we're right with the Lord. Um, some folk, you know, I've heard it said, live like the devil on Saturday night, and they show up all dressed up and smiling on Sunday morning, raring to go. I'm not sure God's happy with that procrastination. Well, I'll get around to it, preacher. I promise. I'm coming. As soon as I get through this or get over this, let me tell you, the devil will see to it that you and I don't get through anything or get over anything, let alone come to God's house and live for the Lord. Now, how are you going to remove these hindrances? If we want to become a good mourner, we just need to look at the cross of the Lord Jesus. The cross of the Lord Jesus. As Mark prayed this morning, it's, it's good looking. It looks better than it did when Jesus hung on it with blood streaming down the cross. I mean, hey, it's an, it's an image. Um, I try to carry it everywhere I go. I carved that out over in Africa with a hacksaw. It's not perfect, but it reminds me. I reach into my pocket. There it is. 
There it is. The cross will help us to remove the hindrances when we think of what the cross stands for. And then we look at ourselves. Again, we're beggars. And what do we do? We need to ask God for forgiveness. He says he will forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. If we ask him, he's waiting on us to ask him. Okay? I'm sure my daddy knew things that I would like to have and wanted along the way. And he probably could have got it, but I didn't ask him for it. But when I did ask him for it, hey, there it was. There's no telling how many hours and how many magazines I looked through wanting my motorcycle. I could dream it, taste it, smell it. I was scared to ask, can I have a motorcycle? I wanted one bad. I mean, I mean worse than bad. So I got the nerve up one day. I, we were, this daddy and me, we were sitting talking. I said, daddy, he said, what? I said, can I have a motorcycle? He didn't hesitate at me. He said, you sure can if you pay for it. I said, okay. I said, will you go with me and help me pick it out? He said, I sure will. And he did. We have not, according to the Bible, because we ask not. I feel like I can ask my Heavenly Father for anything. Now, He may not grant it, okay? He knows what I need more than I do. I know what I want, okay? But He takes care of the needs. But what did David say? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not Want. And I believe he was talking about want for those things that keeps me going, okay? Um, I'm breathing, aren't you? I don't see it. Do you see it? <clears throat> I don't see it where I can pull it, you know, hey, you open your mouth or suck up through your nose and it just, there it flows into the lungs and the lungs know what to do with it. Aren't you glad? I don't have to tell the lungs, hey, I'm fishing to inhale. Get, make sure you send that stuff to the right place. Don't forget, I've just eaten. Send some down there to help me digest the food. We wouldn't get a thing done if we had to tell our body everything to do. Our body tells us, right? Hello. Yes, it does. I'm hungry. Or, hey, my head's hurting. Or, my feet's hurting. Or, or my back's hurting. Or, I don't feel good. Or, I don't care. Well, hey, he knows all about it. But we have not because... We ask not. David said, my sin is ever before me. Well, until we repent of those things and confess those things, they're on the books, okay? I don't know how many of you remember. I'm sure many of you remember Mr. Claiborne Durham had Durham Supermarket in Fairplay. I don't know what they've done with that sign, but I would have loved to have had that sign. Durham's Supermarket of Fairplay. He had a little book where people come in and charged stuff. I got caught short one day. I didn't have a bill for it. I said, Mr. Claiborne, I am so embarrassed. He said, what's the matter? I said, I have come away from the house without my bill. Don't you worry about it. I'll just write it down. You can take care of it next time. Next time, Mr. Claiborne, I'll take care of that, that bill. I want my record cleared. And he'd write it down. It's paid. Your record's cleared. We ought to want our record cleared with the Lord. We ought to keep our books up to par, okay? In other words, our sins confessed. 
So that when time comes for us to perform for the Lord, we can't say, well, let me go into my prayer closet and pray that I can get my sins forgiven and I'll be back to you in a minute. They may not be there. The last thing is, how can I know if I'm a mourner, okay? By being sensitive to sin. I don't know about you, but sin bothers me not only in my life, but in the lives that I see in others. It bothers me. And when it's bothering me, it's hindering me. I'm wondering, you know, I'm not about myself. I know how to get rid of my sins by confessing them. But those who have uh, are, are outwardly committing sin, uh, what do I say to them? Lord, what, what do I need to do to cause them to think, hey, what I'm doing is wrong? Um, I don't remember what it was. Now, it don't make any difference. But the, the man said... You don't believe in this, do you? I said, no, sir. He said, well, it don't bother me. I said, well, you know something, sir? I said, things that bother you may not bother me. And what bothers me might not bother you. I said, you, you're the one that has to answer for yourself. And sometimes I, I jokingly will say, people say, oh, be quiet. Here comes the preacher. I said, don't worry about me. I'm not keeping the record today. I'm not keeping the record today. You may have heard me tell this down there in Crossroads. I went in there to pay for gas. I had pumped the gas, and people's going in and out in the evening just like flies. I went in to pay for my gas, and the little attendant sees this. Boy, I know when you're on the premises. I said, you do? He said, yeah, everybody wants their beer in a bag. <laughs> I, said, I said, just tell them next time, don't worry about him. He ain't keeping the record no how. Yeah, put mine in a bag. Well, we all do that. We cover up, don't we? We try to hide our sin. And we know what we're supposed to do with it. We know. You know, I, I would love to know, and some of you probably can find it. I'd love to know what a mouse thinks when he's slipping along and he sees the trap. And maybe he don't see the trap, he just smells the cheese. And he slips on up there. Can you imagine stopping, looking left and right? Well, I believe I can make it. It's over with. I mean, it's over with for the thought got out of their head. I mean, things, hey. Do you sense, do I sense God's forgiveness? His forgiveness. It's a gift. He wants to give it. He wants to get it. I tell you this story. My daddy and me were laying brick. I have no idea what I had against my daddy on this day. To this day, I don't know. But I wasn't speaking. He wasn't speaking. He's, he's right-handed. I'm left-handed. That means he's on one end of the wall. I'm on the other. We meet in the middle. Somebody has to lay the last brick and tuck the mortar in and turn and go and raise the line for another one. And on purpose, I'd let him lay the last brick. I'd just turn and walk away. We sat down to take a break one day. I was on my end of the scaffold. He was on his. And I just looked out there at him. He was taking a drink of his drink. And I thought to myself, you about a sorry, low-down thing as they are. I got up and I walked down to the other end of the scaffold. I said, Daddy, he said, what? I said, I am so sorry. 
that I have been such an aggravating jackleg all morning. I said, I'm sorry. He said, don't worry about it. He said, I love you. That's all he said. I love you. God's the same way. When we report into him that we've been a jackleg, he knows it. But he's ready, he's ready to forgive us. You know what David said? Restore. Now I didn't say he didn't say give him a salvation back, okay? Some folk today believe you can lose it. I don't believe you can lose it once you got it, if you got it. So David said, restore the joy of my salvation. Restore, give me back the happiness that I had when I first got saved. Lord, I, I, I'm, I'm down here and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm feeling bad and I want to feel that joy once again. And the reason being, you know, hey, he was, he'd confessed his sins. He was ready to get back on track and go and be doing what God wanted him to do. We ought to see sin the way God sees it. And then seek forgiveness. The way God wants us to seek it. So he can forgive. You know, I never asked my daddy that day what he thought all morning. But I wonder if he thought, what's wrong with him? What's wrong with him? My son, what's wrong with him? You know, God don't have to wonder, but he might say, wonder if he don't see what's wrong with him. Can't he understand? I stand right here. I'm right by his side waiting for him to ask me to forgive him. Mourning and being sorrowful over sin and realizing we are beggars will help us to become spiritually alive, more alive, and not spiritually bankrupt, okay? We cover our sins. When we do, we defeat ourselves. When we do, we're pleasing the devil because he wants us to feel defeated. When we feel defeated, listen... We can't be all God wants us to be. It's a hindrance until we confess our sins. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Father, thank you for the evening. Thank you for this time to be together with our people. Lord, I I want to be a, a good mourner. I want to be all you'd have me to be in this. I know that you have the power to comfort And I know that you can bless through comfort. So I pray that you just touch our hearts in a special way. And Lord, we'll thank you and praise you for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.